Welcome to Saving Grace Church, located in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Our mission at Saving Grace Church is to love God, love others, and reach the world for Christ. We hope that this message brings you closer to God and helps strengthen your walk with Christ. All right, well, welcome to Saving Grace Church. For those of you watching online, welcome. I'm going to pass this over to Larissa. Good morning, everybody. I'm Larissa Murphy, and this is Aggie again. I'm going <clears> to <throat> invite any of you to join a fun little game for the next 60 seconds that I'm talking that my brother-in-law or my <laughs> brother-in-law Ben Murphy plays called Count the Number of Times Larissa Says Um <clears throat> and then like report back to him or me. We used to be in Toastmasters together and the last time I did announcements he was like, you said um 20 times. So thank you for joining us. If you... <clears throat> are with us. Actually, I don't know if this is true today, Joe. The Connect cards are probably not out here. Oh, they're on the table. So fill out a Connect card if this is your first time here. And if you're watching online, there's a little QR code you can scan just using the camera app on your phone. And that's how we'll stay in touch with you with a weekly newsletter and more. Uh, Meals for Missions is coming up on October 3rd, which is very soon. Please join us after the service. There'll be packaged grab-and-go lunches, and there'll be turkey and ham subs. Everything goes to SGC Missions. Aggie doesn't like subs. And also, a young adult small group is meeting today after the service in the SGC Cafe. Ben, is that still true, or are you going to be outside? Okay, you'll be inside. And it's high schoolers to age 25. And lunch will be provided. And that's it. A baby will not be screaming during the sermon. A baby may be screaming, but I won't be holding the baby as the baby is screaming. Can we give Larissa a round of applause for announcements? If you are ever asked to do announcements and you say no, you, you kind of have no excuse right now. Well, welcome to Saving Grace Church. Uh, because of the wind, I'm going to think I'm going to have my notes here. Um, we are going through the f- book of 1 John. Today we'll be in chapter 2, so if you can pull it up on your phone or flip open in your Bibles. Let me pray, and then we'll jump in. Father, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the good news of Jesus. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us. You would help us to fix our eyes on you. And we ask this in your name. Amen. All right, well, let's get started. So 1 John chapter 2, we're going to be in verses 12 through 14. And the, the title of this message is entitled, Confidently Resting in Christ. Confidently Resting in Christ. In, uh, Kane, is there anything I can do for my mic with the wind or just, Okay. So, uh, a disclaimer, I probably am the most distracted person out here right now. So, if you get distracted, we understand outside um, is a little more distracting. One of the reasons we're doing this as COVID numbers go up in our county, uh, when we're able, we want to meet outside uh, just to be as safe as possible. So, thanks for the flexibility. Uh, I love many, 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 many things about this church. One of the things I particularly love is that we are a multi-generational church. And that is a wonderful kindness from the Lord. So we, our youngest um, member is probably about three or four weeks old. 
and our most seasoned are in their eighth decade of life. And then we have people everywhere in between. And that is a beautiful, wonderful thing. And when John is writing his letter, he's actually addressing a broad group of Christians that seem to represent um, a similar demographic to us as far as age goes. And so the the three verses we're going to look at today in 1 John 2 are going to address three groups of people. The first is the entire church. So all Christians, all who trust in Jesus. The second are the mature believers. He's going to use the title fathers, but it, it applies to all mature believers. And then the third is young believers, young Christians, new Christians, which we have a number here, which we're super excited about. And the big idea of this section is is something like this. Because Christ has redeemed us, we can confidently rest in Him in every season of our Christian life. Because Christ has redeemed us. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you can confidently rest in Him, whether you are just starting that relationship or you've been in that relationship for a very long time. See, in context, if you were here last week, we talked about John was giving a test for those who walk in light versus those who walk in darkness. And he was pretty aggressive in challenging people that have no evidence of salvation. But now he's kind of circling back around as a a good pastor, and he's bringing comfort and encouragement to the genuine Christians there. So look at verse 12. When he uses the phrase little children, he is writing to the entire church. He is not, and he's doing it in an endearing way, not in a condescending way. And he is writing most likely um, probably somewhere between the age of mid-70s to 80s plus. And, and he has been a pastor for about 50 years as he's writing this letter. He says, I'm writing to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you children because you know the Father. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. So we're going to kind of take this, we're going to group it together in three sections. We're going to look at Words to the church, to the children, words to the the fathers, to the mature believers, and words to the young believers. So I'm going to kind of group his poetic section um, by topic. So first point, genuine believers can be confident in the forgiveness of their sins and rest in their personal relationship with God. Genuine Christians, those who have turned from their sins and trusted in Jesus, can be, should be, it's God's will for you that you are confident that all your sins have been forgiven. And he wants us to rest and marvel in the reality that we have a personal relationship with the maker of heaven and earth. This is why he says in verse 12 and verse 13c, I'm writing to you, little children. I'm writing to you, Christian. I'm writing to you, church. I'm writing to you who know Jesus because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. I write to you children, I write to you church, I write to you Christian, because you know on a personal level God the Father. There are no small things. 
He wants the people that know Jesus genuinely to be encouraged, to be amazed, and to marvel at His love and grace and mercy. The first part we're going to look at is just thinking a little bit more carefully about this idea in verse 12. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. Throughout his letter, he is circling back around to this theme over and over again of the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. And the reality that when Jesus hung on the cross, he absorbed the wrath of God on our behalf. And if you look to him, you are forgiven. But I know from personal experience, I know from being a pastor for quite a while, that this is a hard concept for Christians to really enjoy and live in the good of at times. So to illustrate it, can I have a volunteer, an eager volunteer, that would have to come up front here? So be bold. Oh, I see one in the back. Sam Weaver, come on up. Can we welcome Sam? This looks like a prepared volunteer. (laughs) Sam, you can stand right up beside me here. Thanks for wearing your backpack today. Really appreciate it. Helps with this illustration, big time. So if you've ever read the book Pilgrim's Progress, it's an awesome book written by John Bunyan. It's an allegory of the Christian faith. And it starts out with the the main character, Christian, being weighed down by a sin. And, And John Bunyan describes it, turn sideways so everybody can see as a a weight, like a backpack, weighed on you. And then, you can turn back around, he looks to the cross, and the backpack comes off. Go ahead. And why don't you just chuck it that way without hitting anybody? And hitting, uh, or that way, that's great. So, now, once the weight is off, he can jump around, he can move, he's free, he is not weighed down at all. And that's what it is like when we first become Christians. And probably most of you, if not all of you, can remember a moment where you looked at Jesus for salvation for the first time and the weight fell off. And there was joy and there was peace and there was excitement and there was a willingness to do anything and everything for the Lord. And you felt as free as a bird. The problem is, life gets challenging. So over time, unfortunately... Sometimes Christians pick up the weight of their sin again. And so Sam is a young man who has trusted in Jesus. This this part's true. And he has experienced the forgiveness of sins. How old are you, Sam? He is 17 years old. So we're going to go on a little time machine. Sam is now 25. Sam got married in the last seven years. And, And in his marriage... It's, it's, his, he hasn't always been the best husband. And he's aware of it. And he feels some conviction about it, but he doesn't know what to do. And then the family grows, and he's tired. His job has gotten a lot harder. Life's pressures are on there. This is life's pressures right here. And uh, he used to read his Bible every morning. He's not doing that anymore. Um, he has a boss that isn't the best of bosses, but he just gets angry at his boss, lets him have it. Goes home feeling condemned, weighted down. He's a Christian, but the weight is starting to stack over and over again. He's now 35. Marriage has gotten more difficult than he thought it was ever going to be. Couldn't believe he was actually going to have conflicts with the very one that he was so excited to marry. And here he is. 
And he feels guilty about it. Low-grade guilt at times, but he feels bad about it. He's now in his 40s. body doesn't feel as good either. So he's just overall discouraged and weighed down. But he's a Christian. And so over time, as you're weighted down, he's lost sight of the forgiveness of his sins and how amazing that is. And so what I want to do now is remind us, all of us, no matter how long you've been a Christian, the, re- the goodness of that reality. So you can take the backpack off. Can we give Sam a round of applause? Thanks for bringing a backpack to church. Really appreciate it. Um, so to do that, I want to read from parts of Psalm 103. And so if you have trusted in Jesus, this is true about you. This is God's view of you. And Psalm 103 is a psalm all about recounting the blessings that we have. So, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all His benefits, who forgives you of all your iniquity, heals you of all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will He keep His anger forever. Listen to this. Because of Jesus, this is true. Verse 10, He does not deal with us according to our sins or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, everybody who's here, look up. As high as you can see. Look up as far as you can see. See that jet way up there? Look as far as you can see. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His steadfast love towards those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. That is true of you who have called on Jesus. Your many sins, pre-Christian sins, post-Christian sins, are forgiven. And that same joy that you experienced when you first called out to Jesus is a joy that God wants you to experience now. He wants you to marvel and be amazed that you have been made right with Him. Through the work of Jesus on the cross, your debt of sin is completely paid for in the past, in the present, and in the future. And you should delight and rejoice in that reality. So he wants every Christian to live in the good of that. He also wants every Christian to marvel in the reality that we know God the Father personally. The one who spoke all things into existence. The one who set the galaxies in place. The one who created mankind in His image. The one who has sovereignly ruled and reigned over all things. We know personally by faith in Jesus. Every genuine believer has a personal relationship with God the Father. Every single one. It's an amazing, awesome reality. 
See, think about it this way. Parents, grandparents, those of you who are caretakers of kids, as you get to know a young child, you get to, you get to hear their voice. And when they're crying, when they're screaming, when they're in danger, when they're laughing, you know their voice uniquely. You delight in them uniquely. You have a concern and care for them that is unique to all others around them. Last night we had friends stay in our house and they have a very, very, very energetic four-year-old. And I love very energetic four-year-olds. And he is climbing and jumping on our couch until about 10.30 last night and just running around and just, just this amazing dose of energy. Well, his mom and dad love him. I don't know if they loved him as much at 10.30 last night, but they love him and they delight in him. Well, that is what God thinks about you. He loves you so very, very much. And so part of what John wants the church to know is that it's a big deal that you know the Father. It is a huge deal that no matter what's happening in your life, if you know God, that should change everything. One of the things um, I like to do is read a lot of books. And I like to especially read biographies. And so I, I've read a number of biographies about Christian authors that I have here. So Charles Spurgeon, J.C. Ryle, Charles Spurgeon again, I really like him. John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace. R.C. Sproul, that just sadly passed away recently. John Piper's book that has 21 short biographies. Um, I like to read Christian biographies. I like to read sports biographies. And the reason I do is because you get to learn about the kind of the details of life. How did they live through the challenges? How did they apply what they knew in the middle of the challenges? So I, I don't know how many biographies I've read in my life, but I've read quite a few biographies. Um, I've read non-Christian biographies about athletes, such as all the guys that were on the Dream Team. I've read uh, or watched videos and short interviews of, of famous athletes that um, some of you might not have even heard of, like Courtney DeWalter, one of my favorite um, ultra-marathon runners. But do you know what Courtney DeWalter, John Bunyan, R.C. Sproul, John Newton, and everybody else I've ever read about have in common? You know what they have in common? None of them know me. <laughs> None of them know me. They do not know I exist. They don't even know I ever stepped a foot on the planet. They don't know me, and you know what? I don't know them. I don't know them at all. And so I can learn a lot about them. I can be encouraged by the things that are encouraging in their life. I can be warned by the things that are not good in their lives. But I don't know them. See, when it comes to Jesus, He makes a relationship with God possible so that we can know Him. So we can have a relationship with Him. A number of years ago, John Piper wrote a book that was entitled, God is the Gospel. And his point was, the good news of the Bible, yes, it is the forgiveness of sins. Yes, it is our adoption as sons and daughters. Yes, it is all the benefits. But the biggest blessing of the Gospel is that we can know God. That we can have a relationship with the One who made us, who loved us, and redeemed us. And His his basically main verse for that book is 
is in 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. See, this brings us to our second point. I kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but genuine mature believers can be confident in their personal relationship with Jesus. You can be confident. God wants you to be confident. As you are walking in the light, as you are confessing sins, as John um, encouraged, as you're turning from sins, as you're, you're pursuing righteousness, we are growing in this relationship with the Lord, and the Lord wants us to be confident. No matter what is going on in your world or our world as a whole. Look at verse 13 and 14. I'm writing to you fathers, to the mature, those of you who have been walking with the Lord for a while, because you know Him who is from the beginning. I write to you fathers because you know Him who is from the beginning. That's two different verses saying the exact same thing. The point is, we know Him. It's not just mental assent or intellectual knowledge. It is a personal relationship. It's not like a, a religious duty where we, we check off boxes and we can just kind of be mildly tolerated by Him. No, we know the living God. And He knows you. Listen to what Jesus said. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. I know my own, and my own know me. Jesus knows us. Knows you personally. You. Not just people in Indiana County. Not just people at IUP. Not just people in your friend group. He knows you. And He loves you. And Zephaniah says He delights and rejoices over you. As messy as we are. He knows us. He knows us. I know my own. And my own know me. We know Him. We know Jesus if you have trusted in Him. He says, just as the Father knows me, just as the Father, their relationship is absolutely perfect. There is no hindrance, barrier, never has been. So just like that perfect relationship, just as the Father knows me, I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. We have been brought in to the family. You are sons and daughters if you've called on Jesus. He loves you, delights in you, and He loves you that moment you first turned when your life might have been messy and a wreck. He loves you seven decades later when maybe your life didn't quite turn the way you thought it might. He loves you. He's your good shepherd. He's going to see it through that you make it to the very end. See, one of my prayers for this sermon is that the Holy Spirit would make this truth so real to you. That when you go to bed tonight or you wake up tomorrow morning, life would be different. Not because the pressures are gone. Not because it just got easier. But because you are so assured of His love for you. And you're so assured of your relationship with Him. That's the benefit of walking in the light with Him over years.
Last group is the young. Genuine young believers can be confident that Christ has given them victory over sin, Satan, and the world. A, a genuine new Christian, you can be confident that God has given you victory over Satan, over sin, and the world. One of the surprises for me when I first called out to Jesus is that I was free. I was free from the enslavement and the entrapment of sin. I didn't have to listen to it anymore. I didn't have to obey. It was a, a power from the Holy Spirit, the new life in me that I didn't, I didn't expect. I saw it in the Bible as I started to read it, but I didn't even know the Bible. So it was this great surprise. So if you are new in the faith, maybe you're young in years, maybe you're up in years, but new in the faith, you can be confident absolutely confident that Christ has given you victory over sin, over Satan and his minions, and over the temptations of the world. John's going to get into that more next week. But you are safe and secure with Jesus. He's got you. No matter how strong the temptations feel, no matter how much the pull of the world is, no matter how much you feel like you are bombarded by things. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep turning to Jesus. He has given you the victory. He has purchased the victory on your behalf. But I know from personal experience, when you first become a Christian, especially if you've lived any kind of messy life, you don't know if it's true. You don't know if it's real. Like, is this really true? That there's really freedom. There's really power. And I don't have to turn and submit to darkness any longer. It is really true. One of the things it reminds me of is, one of the things I love to do is go for jogs or bike rides in the country, kind of country roads by my house. And there's kind of two main threats that you got to be aware of. Uh, cars and dogs that are not on leashes. And so if those two are under control, you, you're having a nice, pleasant ride. Well, recently I went on a new road. As I'm starting to ride more, I'm going out further. So I'm exploring new areas of the northern end of Indiana County. I'm not turning my back to you guys, but when I do, it doesn't make noise. So I am turning my back to you, but not, not in a mean way. So I'm going to look at you guys. Pick the right side, even though it's sunnier. Um, so recently I was riding my bike, and two dogs came out full bore. And the one, you know, if it was a cartoon character... Uh, you would see like lunch pictures coming up and you would see like, I'm going to eat this guy and I'm really excited about it. That was the look on his, his dog face. And so I saw teeth and I saw, oh no, I'm in trouble. So I'm pedaling my, my bike as fast as I can. Unfortunately, I, I pulled away. Now my normal routes, there are a lot of dogs, but most of them are on leashes, on chains or in pens. And they can bark all they want. They can slam their faces against the the fences, but they can't touch me. So I'm not afraid of them at all, especially the ones that are on the, the same route I always travel. That's how Satan and his minions are for a believer in Jesus Christ. They can, they can slam against the fence. They can bark and howl and make a lot of noise, but they can't touch you. They cannot touch you if you are in Jesus Christ. Look at verses 13b and 14b, c, and d. I'm writing to you, young men, to the young in faith, because you have 
overcome the evil one. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the Word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Genuine believers, you are free in Jesus Christ. Satan no longer rules over you when we belong to Christ. We are able, we get like a new set of eyes where we're able to see through the temptations that draw us in in the world. And we know, though there may be temporary pleasure there, it will not bring satisfaction like following Jesus will. We get a new set of eyes. We get power from the Holy Spirit that we have been set free. Paul says in Romans that the resurrection life of Jesus is in us to walk in newness of life. So if you are just starting out in this Christian journey, you feel like you're tripping up and stumbling, keep asking the Lord. Keep looking to Jesus. He will help you and strengthen you and give you power. See, he says something interesting in uh, verse 14. I write to you young men, young women, because you are strong and the Word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. It's kind of a play in words for John. See, he's not talking so much about their physical strength. Raise your hand if you're between the age of 15 and 25. Let's see. Okay, we've got a number. So I have some good news for you and some bad news. The good news is you are in the prime of your physical fitness, most likely. Um, you are going to be able to run as fast as you probably ever will. Jump as high as you ever will. Wake out of bed without aches and pains. You are, you are young and healthy, and that doesn't last forever. It just doesn't. But he's not drawing their attention to their youth in that way. He's drawing their attention that something far greater than that comes with being um, a 15 to 25-year-old, if you have God's Word in you, you are strong. If you have God's Spirit in you, you are strong and alive. And He wants to strengthen you. And He wants you to know that strength. You don't have to wait till you're older in Christ to experience that. You can experience that now. That is God's will for you. He says later in the, the letter, he says this, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith our trust, our confidence in Jesus. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? If you believe that, whether you are young or older, you can be confident. You are safe and secure. We follow the one who has overcome the world. It's an amazing spiritual reality. So whether you're young, whether you're getting up there, whether you're more seasoned in your relationship with the Lord, keep your eyes on Jesus. He has not changed a bit since the moment you first trusted in Him. He has not changed since He spoke all things into existence. And He is the same One who will one day return for His people. So let's keep our eyes fixed on Him. And I want to end with where I began. Because Christ has redeemed us, we can confidently rest in Him in every single 
season of our Christian lives. No exceptions. So let's pray if you guys could stand and the worship team can come on up. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for sending Your Son Jesus to rescue us. Lord, thank You for everyone here and those watching online. We ask, Holy Spirit, as we sing this final song, that You would encourage our hearts. That You would give us hope and faith and give us strength to walk in the light and walk and grow in our relationship with You. I pray there be increased freedom and increased joy in everyone who hears Your Word. And we will give you all the praise and we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.